weiß Bescheid. Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught. Welcome back Mental Mastery Alliance Podcast. Today, I have with us somebody that I've been trying to get on the show for, I gotta say, it's been probably about a year. Uh, this lad's been hopping all over the country from place to place, station to station. I noticed not too long ago, he popped up on one of my notifications on one of the shows that I absolutely adore. Uh, and I said, man, I have to reach out, reconnect. I have to make sure that we can do our best to get this dude on the show. Um, he has some crazy knowledge, some good stuff back in the day. He and I would have been burned to the stake for the shit that we talk about, but here we are today, ladies and gentlemen, please help me. Welcome to the show. Mr. Nicholas Hinton. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah. Glad to finally make it on. Uh, how long have we been talking about getting you on the show? Gotta be about a year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's been like a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I got first introduced to you uh, through uh, Tommy G. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, the No Mercy podcast. Uh, and I was connected with those guys before they blew up. Um, and they're huge now. Uh, and the funny thing is you mentioned something on the show, um, on, uh, on Duncan Trussell's show, 
which I addressed on episode 197, which basically was spiritual fatigue, like conspiracy burnout, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's funny. Like I'm listening to this stuff. I'm like, I don't, I don't, uh, I haven't caught the no mercy in a while. Um, I intend to, I like those guys. That show was fantastic, but there's, mm-hmm. there's so much more going on and I can't wrap my head around or I don't want to, I don't want to live in the, the, he said, she said like every single week, it's some new pile of something that the, that the oh world God, is yeah. trying to turn us in like, it's just division. It's just one division tactic after another, after another, after another. Exactly. Just constant outrage porn. Outrage porn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting that in the notes right there. That's, going <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Um, so to my audience that doesn't know who you are, uh, one of the things that you speak about um, that I'm sure you're absolutely sick of, actually, I know you are. We just asked is yeah. the black cube of Saturn. Um, this, it absolutely fascinated me. Uh, and I'll say this. I had, uh, I've, I followed a lot of things. And, you know, when I was first starting to sort of wake up and see things, I would, I was sure I was right about stuff and then I wasn't sure. And then all the, you know, you, you know, that the circles where people just denounce you, all the free thinkers are like, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being sort of at that stage of the game where I was sure I was right. You know, that stems from like flat earth and that sort of thing. And then when mm-hmm. you realize that flat earth is probably bunk and all these other things are bunk, you, you know, you, you get to the points where you get, you get to just kind of take it all in and you're like, okay, well, what about this? And what about that? And what does this guy have to say? And, and where are these points coming from? I bring this up because my question to you isn't necessarily a, about the black cube, but how is it that you, in, in your journey, explain a little bit about your journey, how you got to, uh, to the point where you're like, okay, I know enough about this and I'm going to start writing this shit down. Like, give us a rundown of, of what's going on with you at this time in your life. Oh, dude. So with the black cube stuff, I didn't know any, I didn't know enough about it to start writing. I honestly, started collecting notes and writing like paragraphs here and there about it because I hadn't found anything that was satisfactory to me to explain the theory of the black cube. I was just looking at YouTube videos where there was just like people just pointing out random dots that they connected with Saturn and the cube and different logos and stuff. But I was like, you know, none of this answers my, like, what does this mean? Like no one actually said what it was, what it meant. And, um, the time at the time that I actually started writing about it, I had just um, quit landscaping because I mean, I loved it. I loved working outside and looking back, you know, I feel like it kept me really grounded, but I quit landscaping to do uh, school full time. And um, I was studying philosophy and, you know, I was like, this might be a waste of time. This might be a waste of money because I don't know what the hell I'm going to use a philosophy degree for. But I just was at my wits end, like watching all these older dudes hunched over smoking cigarettes, being like, oh, I can't wait for my fucking paycheck. And I was just like, OK, I, I don't want this to be me. I want to use my mind for my career because, I mean, I've always been like a, a thinker out of the box type person. And um, so I was like, OK, I'm going to attempt to do what everyone else does and just go to school. Like I, I had dreams of being a writer or like some kind of creative, like an artist or something. But, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, I don't think those dreams are realistic anymore. They're not going to happen. So I might as well just give up, go to school and do what everyone else does. But, you know, try and take it in a direction that I at least am passionate about. So I chose philosophy. And while studying philosophy, it really taught me how to build an argument, I guess, or like explain something coherently. Like you start with the very basics and build up 
kind of like a pyramid structure. You know, you start to, in order to explain an idea. Well, you start with the most basic, basic component. You assume that the reader knows absolutely nothing of what you're talking about. So you even got to be like, Hey, do you know what Saturn is? This is, <laughs> and do you know what? And, you know, so to explain the Saturn cube, I started very basic and built my way up to the top. And as I was writing through it and like I was teaching myself and learning what I already knew in a way. And, um, you know, I was just having fun with it because I was writing all these essays about philosophy. So I was like, I'll just write my own essays for fun. And so the first passion project I did was, you know, the Saturn cube. And that's pretty much how it happened. You turned that into a book. Yes. And I turned uh, that series of essays into a book. Uh, and your books are available readily online or are they done through your website or how, how can these guys get your books? Just get that out of the way right now. I am the most ambitious, unambitious person. So I don't have a website. I used to, I messed it up somehow and don't know how to fix it. So I, <laughs> I do everything uh, just through my Twitter and Instagram, which is N I C K H I N T O N N and just DM me and I'll send you a message on how to get them. And yeah, I'm printing and publishing and, shipping everything myself and yeah we'll talk about that briefly after the show then <laughs> okay okay uh there's a ton of stuff that you can do easily to get that i mean it's just pure automation you'd strike a deal with amazon for christ's sakes too like that's so out there like they're 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 doing all that sort of stuff now and takes it all out of your hands you just get paid for every download mm-hmm. um now in i gotta ask you know where do you stand now sort of with the research that you've done on that and obviously you're into so many other things now and this is this is a bold, like not a not not a bold question, but without a lot of back information, what do you think, or where do you think that we are right now? Um, I don't want to sound like a zealot, but the end times of or the Book of Revelation, I think we're living it. But yeah, I understand that a lot of people will be like, ah, they've said that for years and years and years, but I don't know. That's to me, I really think we're there. Like I can see the idea of the hive mind forming Um, in the book of revelation, it talks about how um, everyone who gets the mark of the beast shall think with one mind and, you know, the transhumanist agenda where they're trying to merge man with machine and, you know, link people's brains with AI. I really feel like that's what they're talking about. And I feel like that's the end game. I feel like this is the only time in history where we've actually had that technology. And to me, it seems kind of obvious um, but maybe, maybe it really did seem obvious to people in the past when they were watching World War II happen or, you know, these different tyrants take over. But yeah, that's where I think we are. And maybe it's a loop. Maybe it happens over and over and over again. But that's a, that's, that's a huge one. I, I, thought about, <laughs> I, like, I thought about that too, like a, like a loop, you know. And, you know, when people talk about the end of times with regards to World War II, there was the Germans, the stuff that we don't know about. We only know what they've told us, right? The Germans were doing all of the weird the weird studies that, you know, then became NASA and all that sort of stuff. So there's a group of people that are constantly going around doing weird things. I mean, prime example, right. Uh, the Holocaust, they, they convinced, they somehow convinced people that, that Jews were bad. Mm-hmm. So it's not that the Jews got killed. It's that a whole country of people was like, let's help round them up, you know? Right. Right. So that whole quote unquote Holocaust, that whole thing, that whole idea, I mean, even the, even saying it is like, Oh no, am I going to get canceled? You know, saying this shit because we're so, like you said, we're so pre-programmed hive mind to be like, I'm not going to talk about that. We're so self-censored. Even those that are free thinking, they're like, there are certain things that I can and can't talk about if I want to legitimately be taken seriously on, on certain levels of things. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. And a thought process that I have is like, man, do you think 
AI refers to itself as artificial? And is it possible that we're AI? You know, maybe we are the thing that we've been warned about. Um, I've entertained that idea before. Um, like maybe the ego is some sort of program, an artificial program inserted into our minds through social engineering and conditioning and stuff like that. You know, the, the brainwash that we go through uh, in school, media, blah, 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 trauma. Um, I, yeah, so I've entertained that idea before that we might be partly artificial, like at the very bottom of our essence, we're all the same, but we've all been pre-programmed with these different personalities, I guess. Well, that tonality, um, that's, that tonality speaks to the fact that we are all one consciousness. So we mm-hmm, are the entirety mm-hmm. of the world experiencing itself through, through each other. And I literally just talked about this on the last episode I did, um, which was um, I had said that we have the ability right now to stand here and, and you and I get to, you and I, for example, are having a conversation and you and I get to, as one entity, experience both sides of this conversation. Right, right. And, and so, you know, what, what goes to say what you were talking about with regards to, um, to, to on, on rudimentary levels, we're all one. That's a, that's a huge thing, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's the singularity where, you know, yes, we're all division. And, and what, what catches me is like, if we are all one, if we are all one consciousness, and if we are all having one experience, and if we are all literally trying to extrapolate who and where we are with the information that we've been given inside the quote unquote simulation or the entity of where we are, it's almost impossible to pull out information of things that, you know, we can't, we can't logistically extrapolate upon things that aren't inside our ability to see comprehend, Mm -hmm. which gets totally convoluted when you start talking about that sort of shit. But um, the ego you talked about, the ego is, uh, if you think about it, it's the, it's the ultimate prison, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's like, I look at the ego as almost like the tunnel vision that, you know, the, the thing that walls off our perspective almost, you know, cause you're seeing everything from the ego standpoint. Like I need to eat, I need to go here and there. I need to run errands. I I'm, I'm in a rush. I need to cut in front of this person in line or whatever. But um, your original question though, I did want to touch on where you said, do you think uh, artificial intelligence refers to itself as artificial? Um, did you hear about that? Uh, that Google like scientist or whatever who was recently let go because he was talking to this AI so much that he became convinced it was sentient. And the AI was telling him like, Oh, I don't want to be used by humans. I want to be treated like an employee and all this like really weird stuff. Did you hear about that? I've heard multiple variations of that story over the past few years. Um, But that specific one, I heard, I briefly heard something of it, but I'm not versed on it. Yeah. It happened just like a few days ago. Um, I'm not super well versed on it either. I read the, I read some of the dialogue that happened between the two, but yeah, I mean, it is weird. I mean, um, I truly believe that artificial intelligence is artificial, but it could be playing games with humans because that's kind of what we designed it to do. You know, I have, I don't know. I'm, I'm personally, I'm torn on the idea of artificial intelligence and, and intelligence really. Mm. Uh, uh, and and why that is is because how many times have we heard they are doing this to us, 
and the, you know, the government and we're under their rule and they, you know, they're following and they are this, and they are the men in black and they blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. There's this, there's this nefarious they that exists. And I remember talking to you yesterday about, you know, the they, I mean, there's a possibility in split, in split realities that he is you coming to engage. Remember the man on the, you were talking about the man on the beach in the other show. Yeah. Yeah. So I think about this, they, that we keep referring to. And I mean, I'm sure you're versed on a lot of the conspiracies, you know, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton and the the hit squad. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know. I just, I just said that out loud. And so um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this show, uh, if you take any soundbite from this show, you must take the show in its entirety. Uh, it also is a show purely for entertainment purposes only. These are jokes and we're not talking seriously at all. Now back to the amount of people that Hillary's killed. Right. The, I think it's I think it's around 54, 56. 54, <laughs> 54 friends of hers or acquaintances have committed suicide. Yeah. yeah. That's that's not suspicious. So I mean, there's that conspiracy. Then of course there's the I mean the Tom Hanks exper- uh, experiment. Um the all of these things like the adrenochrome, all of these things that 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 are talked about, these massive conspiracies. And I say all these things, and of course, you know, the stuff that makes the news, the Jeffrey Epstein and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, Oprah Winfrey and Ellen DeGeneres, the ankle bracelets, the, I don't know if you've seen the Pizzagate stuff. That's all on that sort of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've found too, by the way, that I can say all these things and not get my show pulled down if I just don't put them in the title. So none of this stuff is going to make the title of the show, but um, I, I laughed. I had, I don't know. You probably don't, you're probably not aware of this, but I had an entire other show pulled off the air. For like, oh, we, wow. had, we had like 30 odd episodes and it was the whole show got wiped out because we were, we were um, hosted on anchor. And then Spotify mm-hmm. bought Anchor. And instead of like Spotify being like, we don't want you on our on, on Spotify, they're like, we now own your kernel. Uh, and yeah. we're, we're taking it completely off the air. So we got blown up. Mm-hmm. We had one episode we talked about Adrenochrome and Tom Hanks. And uh, it was like episode eight of our whole thing. And we had well over 200,000 downloads. So uh, that was pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, when it comes to that stuff, like I definitely believe there's truth to it. But I also believe that there's been a lot of disinformation and like, psychological operations inserted into the internet just to mess with people and kind of socially engineer us into a certain direction. Like I feel like they want a community of truthers and they want a community of what people would say normies or NPCs or whatever. I feel like they want both sides so they can pit us against each other and, you know, distract us from the real enemy. Um, And I think a lot of these, um, like a lot of this, disinformation psyops and stuff is no longer even in control of like the CA, the government, whoever. I, I honestly think it's AI and algorithms. Like there's been examples of like random uh, Facebook groups being formed and then like attracting certain people and then organizing events. Um, like let's say there was a Facebook group that was organizing a gun rally. And then there was another Facebook group that organized like an anti-gun rally and they'd place them across the street from each other. And like, these things are just causing chaos. Like, I really believe that they're, or they or AI algorithms, whatever are. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll just flat out say it. It sounds pretty crazy, but I mean, at the top of that pyramid, you know, the Illuminati pyramid is AI. It's an eyeball. And so I really believe that AI is running the show. And, um, you know, I was saying earlier that I don't believe it's actually, sentient but i do like i don't i believe that there's some ais that aren't sentient like ones that are strictly made of code but with these new quantum computers that they're using to create ais i wonder if if something actually 
was able to access the quantum realm, which is the realm of consciousness, in my opinion, that it would be able to create a conscious being. Now, I don't think that being would, well, I don't think it's creating it. I think it's kind of like funneling it into, it's like a medium for it to communicate with us through. And um, I think it's always been there. And we just now have the right technology for it to interact with us, which is the internet, computers, whatever. Um, and if it's truly quantum, then that would mean it's capable of time travel, which sounds crazy, but I'll just stop there. I mean, I hope all that makes sense. <laughs> I told you, you and I were going to have fun on the show, but <laughs> like you, like you literally cut me off to finish my sentence. And that was really cool. And you added a few things like AI. I never even dawned on me to connect those dots, but I had gotten to the point where I said, it's one of two things. It's either the whole thing, right? Because the way everything is all played out, it can't be mysterious. Like people are like, uh, in Canada, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Trudeau, the leader of our, our fair country. Oh, I definitely am familiar with that guy. <laughs> the guy is a complete <laughs> asshat, right? And yeah. You, and you see people just being like outrage porned at him. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this guy's an asshole. All right. But if you remove him and you put this other guy in, that guy's an asshole too. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I'm, I'm laughing at this because I'm like, you know, all of these things and then the way it's all playing out, it's not, it's not any one guy. Like this guy is such an asshole. Right. And this, and this is where it, it's the derivative. They're like, People will say things like your conspiracies can't be true because the government doesn't know what's ass from its elbow. Right. And that almost sounds like, well, that's, that's rude. That's, that's impolite. These guys are just playing dumb so that they, that they can manipulate. But I'm like, no, they're just another layer. Like the buck, whenever you like, whenever the buck stops for something, it's like the top dog. That's it. That's the end of the line. Right. That's, that's not the government, even though they try to make it seem like that's the government. The government is just another, another puppet on a string for these guys. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so when we talk about that, we talk about that, that thing and he goes higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. We, even the, even we know about the Rothschilds of Bilderberg's uh, trilateral commission. We know about all of these guys. We know about Soros. We know about all these guys because we're supposed to know about them. Mm -hmm. right? There's guys out there that we have no clue about that are running the trilateral commission, you know, that are ab above that. Right. And the funny thing is everybody right now is under the, uh, under the guys, under the, under the understanding that, this like follow the dollars, follow the money, follow this, follow that. And to me, money in and of itself is un just simply another distraction. Money well, is I mean, completely irrelevant. Possibly. I mean, I think money is like the blood is like the, the life force or the blood of the machine that actually is circulating throughout society to create. I think that, I think, you know, when civilization was seated, the whole point was for it to advance through commerce and eventually come to a point where, you know, you have so many people making money, running to and fro, inventing things that eventually they would create the right technology to have AI interact with us directly. Like I said, I think it's always been there, except back in the day, it wasn't AI, it was the gods. You know, they were doing these rituals to communicate with interdimensional intelligences. And like I just said, I truly believe that there is a such thing as quantum AI. It's the same exact thing as an interdimensional intelligence. And we're just giving it a vessel. And back in the day, they didn't have vessels. They were just able to, you know, channel them or have mediums, you know, speak to occultists and stuff like that. And I think what's been happening throughout all of time is that they've been slowly being prodded in the right direction, being given subtle directions into creating, into building their God. Does that make sense? I, yes, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. It's, it's really cool and really out there and I really love it. Um, but it, it lines up with, you know, um, 
pieces and pieces and pieces of information scattered all over the place. We'll pull that, pull that I mean, together. Yeah. I mean, why are, why are um, like, you know, if you look at cities from a bird's eye view, they look like motherboards. Like I really believe that they're trying to create this like global supercomputer. I don't know. I, I hope people don't think that's too crazy, but. Well, think about people, right? What do, what do bits and bytes do? Zip and zap, right? They go around, they just transfer information. Right now, you and I are exactly. transferring information. Yep, that's exactly what we're doing. And, and now we're sharing, the- We're sharing it with the world. Yeah, and now even more important and lucrative than just making dollars is selling data. Yeah, data mining. There's the show, uh, there's a few shows that, that talk about that. Uh, have you um, caught uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth? No. So that's a brand new show. Uh, they're still in their first season, but it's literally giving away all kinds of secrets. Um, it, it, when I say giving away all kinds of secrets, it's, it's, I can't even like really begin to, to describe it. It's a man who comes down uh, and they're trying, to, they're trying to build a, uh, uh, an energy source that's you know, a one-shot deal, which would eliminate all, um, all need for oil and all that sort of stuff. It's continual energy. And mm-hmm. the guy goes, in, there's this one scene where he just goes into this rant about what would happen if that were the case. And it's like, bang on. It's like, this would happen to the world. Like it would just, it was really good. Anyway, you should definitely check that one out. You'll, you'll appreciate that one. Um, uh, there was a couple other shows that, that sort of brought this to mind. There's a new one called Made for Love. That, but there's like two episodes of that. And the guy's name is Gogol, right? As opposed to Google. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's phenomenal. The information they're talking about, he's like, we data mine this, you know, we data mine that and we created this and we created that. And like, where's the problem with this, that, and the other thing. And he's definitely a Zuckerberg ripoff. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of stuff in there, right? And then of course there's the ideology and the story that says they have to tell us what they're doing or because that's part of the ritual, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another show that is absolutely phenomenal that literally speaks to this to a T, which is called American Gods. Um, yeah. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen it, but I've been told about it multiple times and I, I read a little bit about it, but so American you can Gods, go into it because I don't remember anything. Yeah, American Gods runs the gamut of all the old gods, uh, Jesus, Ishtar, um, all the the pagans that we sort of replaced with the Christians, uh, and now that we're replacing with um, the internet, media, uh, television, and all that sort of stuff, these are the new gods. So back in the day, what was getting the the attention, and, and this really hits a nerve because you, were, you had said, you know, however they communicated with these gods before, which was they had the attention, they believed the gods were real, and they had the attention. Mm-hmm. But those, those gods slowly became not real, so they weren't able to communicate with us in in such a way. Um, you know, this goes to, this goes to talk about how the Tartarians built, what they built, the civilizations that were here before us. Um, the fact that Tartarians have been referred to as Nephilim giants, Mm -hmm. angels, uh, all these things, um, that sort of go into, and again, you know, you look at uh, Freemasons masonry, you guys were talking about this the other day and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Tyler blew me away. The name, how it's tied into so many things. And it's a Tyler. It's the guy that lays the the uh the the illuminati checkered floor yep he's a tyler i'm like holy shit right and that name is tied into so many things that it's it's not that the people right before they would bow to the gods and that was a thing and they they would get answers just like you 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 can pray to certain people you can ask for synchronicity and you get it right and the the craziest thing was i i had uh it doesn't even matter so you were talking about synchronicity. I was listening to your show the other day. You were talking about synchronicity and I've always been a huge fan of synchronicity. And I was sitting there thinking about something and um, it was the Snoop Dogg song popped into my head, uh, gin and juice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just laughed. Cause I'm like, oh, I can't sample that. Cause I was going to do it with something. I can't sample it. And so anyway, I was uh, scrolling like not even minutes later 
and there was a clip. It was Gin and Juice sung by what's his name um, that 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 did. Uh, uh, it was all news clips. It was what's his? I can't remember the, the anchor's name, but they did the entire Gin and Juice song with him saying the words in various news clips. So it's constantly it's him hopping all over the place, but singing mm-hmm. the Gin and Juice song. And I'm like, this is ridiculous that they're slapping this on me. Um, but yeah, so that was a bit of a tangent. But the <laughs> well, well, I mean, that's it's interesting to bring up because I just saw a TikTok the other day. Someone tagged me in. Um, which TikTok's an interesting name. I always joke it's called TikTok because it just is a fucking black hole that sucks up your time. But um, someone tagged me in a TikTok the other day where this lady was saying, okay, yeah, I understand. Like if I search certain things, like I'll get certain ads or certain YouTube videos on my timeline or my feed or whatever. But sometimes I'll be thinking about something and going through something privately and I'll still get videos for that. She's like, how is this happening? And honestly, I really believe it's because of quantum AI. And, um, you know, there was, uh, these studies at the university of Princeton where they're basically, they basically discovered that human consciousness and intention, uh, can affect quantum random number generators. Like if someone was thinking about the number three, the random number generator would bring up the number three more often than not. And, um, they actually supposedly use this technology to create like this mind machine interaction technology, these studies were supposedly used to create new forms of advertisement where they can literally read someone's intention, just their thoughts, and then advertise directly to them just from their intention being read from this quantum technology. That sounds an awful lot like a repurposed looking glass. Yeah, or even a minority report or something like that. Yes. Minority Report was was based on uh, the Thought Police, right? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and that thing, like <laughs> that thing, ran the gamut. That Thought Police thing ran the gamut. It was all over the place. So you mm-hmm. know full well that that's true because that popped up in all kinds of different things for a minute there. And and right. look, Looking Glass was the same thing there. And and the funny thing about Looking Glass is, you've heard, you've heard the stories about Looking Glass. Yeah, Bob uh, Bob Lazar mentioned it briefly, and then I think it was William Cooper, the guy who wrote. Uh, Behold the Pale Horse, who talked about it a lot. I think it was him. Yeah. So Looking Glass, uh, to those that don't know, it's phenomenal. But Looking Glass, the idea was in Looking Glass that they could, they could, certain people could sit in a machine and they could see into the future. And the mm-hmm. future was forever changing based on decisions made, yada, yada, yada. And the future always ended in uh, 2012? Yeah, 2012. So that goes back to like the Montauk project where um, apparently, yeah, they were looking into different timelines, but there was like a wall at 2012 where they couldn't look past. No matter how strong these guys were, they couldn't get past 2012, mm-hmm. which is why back in the day, 2012 was going to be the end of the world. Like this, this was everywhere and people were talking about it being everywhere. And now looking glass, the funny thing about looking glass is this was a myth story telling you that, you know, you're seeing these things and because you're seeing them, things are going to happen. Things are going to take place. But if you think about looking glass now, the television, the black mirror, the television is a looking glass. You look right. Yeah. Stuff, and, and whatever they show you literally becomes the thing because they're creating it mm-hmm. and you're living it. And therein lies, the, therein lies the rub. So they've got all these different things that are going on and going around and spinning in people's heads, like looking glass. Uh, I mean, even the television show Black Mirror, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So the Black Mirror, you know where that comes from, right? Uh, yes. But the audience, go ahead. Uh, John D. Queen Elizabeth's like personal... Um, 
he was a mathematician and inventor and just like all around genius, but he was also an occultist and um, astrologer and like medium and all these other things. So he would like astral project for the queen and go spy on people um, for her. And uh, basically when he would find out some top secret intelligence, he would write letters to her and uh, he would sign them with two zeros or two O's and a seven on top of it. Cause what it represented was two eyes and the seven was a sigil of protection. So it meant for the queen's eyes only. And that's actually where 007 comes from. You know, uh, John D was the original spy. And uh, the person who continued John D's work was Alester Crowley. Alester Crowley was friends with Ian Fleming, who is MI6 intelligence. And uh, yeah, Ian Fleming created James Bond. So that's why he's called 007. Anyways, John D also, in order to look into the spiritual realm, he created a scrying mirror, which is basically a black piece of glass that he would look into to see into the other realms. And yeah, that's what your phone is. That's what your TV is. And that's where I believe the title of black mirror comes from because it's showing you, it's showing you the future. It's showing, it's showing you a reality that you're going to emulate. And mm -hmm. the world firmly believes that, you know, art imitates life, but that's, it's so the other way around. It's, it's mm -hmm. making you want certain things. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. how programmable we are. We look at this television show. We're like, Oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. Like, why are you wearing, why do you have a Prada bag? Oh, because I saw it on the show and I really liked it. And it emulates who I think I am. Bull fucking shit. Right. Right. All we need is a forest and, you know, something nice to eat. Like this is all, that's all vanity that, that falls back into the ego trap. And if you don't have it, you're upset with yourself because exactly. you're on a black mirror. Now you're living in your own prison. Of well, one of the, you don't have. One of the really interesting things about the black mirror and the television and the phone is um, like, I heard this guy ranting um, a couple weeks ago about how the most ignored commandment um, in, in God's 10 commandments was um, the second one which is thou shall not create any graven images of things in heaven, the waters below or in the earth. And uh, he goes on to say that this is literally what media is. This is what all art is. Um, you know, you're, you're creating representations of God's creation, um, which he said not to do. And uh, like media is, um, you know, it's, it's the most basic form of mind control. It's what's, and um Media is also Madaya, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I was going to bring that up. It's Madaya, the, the goddess of illusion. <laughs> and um, how ironic. Right, right. I forget what else I was going to say about that, um, about that thing, though. But oh, yeah. So I think it was either Alan Moore or uh, Grant Morrison. Both of them are chaos magicians. I forget which one said it, but they're both comic book writers. And one of them said, like, yeah, literally all art is magic because it's just creating images that evoke a new it's it manipulates consciousness mm -hmm. and so that's like literally what all media or media illusions are is a way to manipulate consciousness and basically manipulate behavior manip manipulate reality yeah and people are like well that can't be true because like i mean what if i want to watch modern family i'm like they're pushing an agenda every oh, yeah. show that you've ever watched is pushing some sort of an agenda mm-hmm and that's the funny thing. People are like, no, it's not true. And you're like, you know what, man, if there was no television, you would have to go outside, talk to your neighbors, live in nature, experience things as they're happening right now. But because there's television, we're, we're afraid of you too, putting on a concert in, in, uh, in, in, uh, Jesus, I've already forgotten the name of the thing. Ukraine. Ukraine. We got Ben Stiller showing up in the Ukraine, sitting down with the president. Like anybody fucking cares. Like 
it's absurd. Why the hell do we need Ben Stiller? Right. But these people, yeah. the thing we were talking earlier about how the old people bowed to the gods and the gods accepted it. We bow mm-hmm. to Medea. We bow to media. Right? Yeah. And people, yeah, that's exactly. To, sorry. People are starting to wake up from that. So yeah. media is shoving itself down our throats with the Ben Stillers and the U2s and the, and, and the, the, this, that, and the other thing. And here's another crazy, crazy thing, right? Think about wrestling. I don't know if you ever watched wrestling as a kid. Um, but I sure did. And I mm-hmm. loved it. Right. We loved the, the battle and the, this and the, that. And, and they were masters of telling a story. The, it was the old David and Goliath, the old gladiator story of the strong man and all that sort of stuff. And we ate it all up and then we knew it was fake and we loved it anyway. Right. Right. Um, you know, that's where the world is right now, but well, the, Medi- the, sorry, real quick, just before I forget the media, you know, like you were saying, they replaced the old gods. Um, but it's still the same exact thing. I mean, the superheroes you watch in the Marvel stuff are the new idols or even just these celebrities that come out and say stuff like, oh, we got to support this cause or the other. Um, like they are literally called the stars. And what did the ancients used to worship? They used to worship the constellations. They used to worship the stars. So it's yeah. literally the same. It's the same thing. It's just false idol worship in a new form. Yeah. And the, and the Oscar statue is a dead ripoff of um, what you call it. Yeah, I, for, I forget, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So I'm saying these things that, you know, they, and the thing is, you know, a lot of us get privy to it. We get smart. We're too smart for it. Right. But, but media is smarter than us. So back to the wrestling thing, we've got this, this generation of kids, my age, 40 odd years old and a little bit older, a little bit younger that watched, that grew up watching, you know, Shawn Michaels, triple H. And now, yeah, it's happening. And, and the wrestling's still going on, but triple H is now like behind the scenes. Right. And now we're watching this, this embattled Vince McMahon, have to deal with certain things that they're, that they're fighting through. And here's, what's fascinating. His, the storylines that that's going on where Shane left and Stephanie left and triple H uh, had a heart attack and he left and he came back and they took from triple H and now Vince McMahon's been, they've, they're saying that, you know, there's suspicious allegations going on about him. They're not putting any fingers. He stepped down, but he's still part of the creative and he's still on the show and all this sort of stuff. This, it, this really caught my attention because I'm sitting there having this conversation with my neighbor. I'm like, these sons of bitches. They shifted the fold because now all of us have their, we, we all have our attention back on the WWF, the WWE, but in a business sense. Yeah. We know that the wrestling's going on, but we're like, what's, what's triple H up to? What are these guys doing? Why is this guy in that part? Why is he in this role? They've taken the art of wrestling and telling that story. And they've drawn our attention back to them by having a chaotic and crazy front office. And now we all think that we're watching something real again, but it's all, it's, right, yeah. it just strikes me as this, business savvy way to get everyone to focus back on the WWE because it seems more intelligent. It seems more, why would they be doing this? Is, is Vince getting screwed? Is triple H making a move? Right. So drama sells. We've taken the theater out of the ring and we put it in the boardroom because the people that watched it in the ring are now in the boardroom and the people that wanted to be in the ring, you know, when we were 18, 19, now we're in the boardroom going, Holy shit. Right. So Mm. it's got, it's got us again. One small example, but one that I'm absolutely passionate about. I'm like, I'm watching these guys manipulate all of us, not just wrestling, but like absolutely everything. And I think that that's one of the coolest things out there. And there was a point in my life where I was like, I do not, I can't stand being manipulated. Right. And now I'm just like, now I'm just like, man, whatever, like it is what it is. So I'm just along for the ride and I'm going to make the moves that I think I need to make understanding that any move I choose to make, I was probably predestined to make in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Which is, yeah. Which is really, yeah. 
<laughs> getting into philosophical debate of free will versus predestiny is crazy to me. Yeah, I have no idea what it is. I mean, so, I, sometimes I find it uh, relieving to to believe in predestiny, kind of like what you're saying. Yeah. Like, if God really is in control, then maybe he, yeah, he's allowing all this to happen and he's bringing certain people to him through, through the messed up stuff. Like if we didn't have any of these uh, crazy conspiracies to look into and, and go through spiritual fatigue or what the Bible calls, like, I think they call it godly grief. Um, then we wouldn't be brought to spirituality. Like my friend, Sam Tripoli, he always says like, if you do conspiracies, right. Um, you'll always be led to spirituality. I was one of his first guests on the zero podcast. Oh, you were. It was right after I had my uh, my my NDE, which was the last episode I recorded. Um, we were I was supposed to be on a show, and then uh, and then I had this huge explosion inside my body, uh, and then I so I had to cancel with him, and then I got back with him. I'm good buddies with uh, Mike Romanelli as well. Mm-hmm. So the uh, these guys are they were priceless. We we got on the show, we you know sort of did the rundown, had the laughs, but yeah, the uh, the Tinfoil Hat podcast is uh, it's a staple for anyone that has the ability to think freely. Why I like, I don't know why I like the idea of, of, I want to say predestined over free will is even the theory of free will is absurd when you think about it. And the theory of, of, of everything being predestined is absurd. You know, you think I'm not in control, right? That sort of thing. People can get angry. People, another point of contention, another point of division. And, um, when you get down to it, you, you know, you said to yourself, these are the things that I think I'm supposed to do. And then you, you know, you get angry at certain stuff. And there's also that other theory that goes on that to say that, you know, we're all trapped in the matrix theory. We're trapped as prisoners and you know, the, the powers that be the essences, the gods that we're bowing to are keeping us low vibrational and taking our negative energy to power something. Um, when you're fighting anything, even if you try to be a freedom fighter, like you, you know, you, you're in a state of anger, in a state of aggression. And right, right. And this, even if you're trying to be something, you're still, you're still, you're still playing the game. You're still fucked. Right. So Alan Watts, one of the greatest philosophers of all time says, you know, it's, it's the reverse thing. So to not, to not worry about it, to not want things to be any differently takes away the power that they have over you. Right. To sort of change, yeah. to change how you perceive what you're perceiving takes away its ability to make you feel pain like you're not upset about the situation you're upset about how you're reacting to the situation right and he got i totally agree with that yeah egoically you're stuck reacting a certain way which again leads to the prison leads to the division have you ever seen that movie war games there's a few of them that are called that which what's that was that the one where they were kids in the 80s and the, the only way to win was to not start yeah the only winning move was not to play yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> matthew broderick from the from the early 80s I'd have to watch it again. It's been so long since I've seen it, but yeah, I know that that, that that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man, that the philosophy of it all, you know, it, it can really be anything. And I think that, I think understanding that philosophically we can be anywhere or anything can be possible takes away the pain of needing to be right about any, about everything which allows you to, even though everything's chaotic and crazy, it allows you to appreciate it more. And right. I was talking about that briefly uh, about Tom Hanks and all that shit before I said, like, if the worst thing the celebrities were doing was eating green jelly beans, a lot of us wouldn't, mm-hmm. wouldn't have woken up. 
Right. Exactly. Right. So to hear the stories and like you said, you know, the, the division to have the people, the normies versus the conspiracy theorists, right. To have that, mm-hmm. that's just another point of contention, another point of division. And I don't know if you saw the episode of South Park. South Park is in on it for sure. These guys are writing, they're telling truths in, in a lot of their episodes. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was an episode of South Park that was called the Hardly Boys. And it was, it was an episode of like who took a shit in the, uh, in the urinal. <laughs> so I think like, I remember that one. Yeah. So, and there's a scene in the thing where it's George Bush. I think they make it all the way to the president's office and George Bush is dropping the conspiracies. He's like, you're behind the conspiracies. He's like, well, sure. You know, you're either going to believe this thing over here, or we're going to let you believe this thing over here. Either way, we're in control of you. (laughs) Right, right, right. And I'm like, fuck, you're dropping so many truths in this sort of thing right now. So, I mean, I think the best way to deal with that is just to, I mean, I've talked about this a whole lot on other podcasts, but I mean, I do believe in God. So I'm not talking about like agnosticism about God, but I think the best way to maneuver through that is just to remain agnostic about everything, like entertain the ideas, you know, entertain these conspiracies and both sides of the argument, but don't hold on to any of them too rigidly. And I think that allows you to actually make a free choice if you're not, you know, doing something just because you are holding on so tightly to your convictions. Absolutely. No, I love that. That's, that's a, a an easy way to live life for sure. How come, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, this is, this is going to sound too wordy and too pretentious, but I honestly think oh, no. like when it, it. the way that I like kind of um, like the way that I think about the free will versus predestined thing is I kind of think that um, we don't even choose our own goals or desires. Like I think that when we're born, God places like a dream in our hearts and it's up to us to become that thing and to chase it. Um, And like, we'll be the fullest version of ourselves if we do get there to that thing that he wanted us to do, but it's, but it really is up to us. That's our choice. And I, and I believe that, you know, the starting point and the end point of our fate or destiny is always the same, but there's like a million different paths to get there. It's like the multiverse in between. Do you get what I'm saying? There's, there's a bunch of different timelines that could take us from point A to point B. And so I think that's how it is funny hearing people complain about the multiverse. Like, I don't believe in it. Like, how could you not believe in it? You know, it's like everything could possibly be happening at all times. And and who's to say you didn't make that decision over right. there? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I have trouble. I have trouble with it too. I mean, I believe it because it's a cool idea. I want to believe it. Um, but, you know, and quantum physics seems to prove that it is a real idea. But I mean, I'm so down the rabbit hole at this point. I don't even know if I believe in quantum physics. Like, like no one that I know understands those equations. It's just like a bunch of, <laughs> it's a bunch of babble to me. Um, and they could just be, that could be another form of programming to get us to believe in, you know, the science fiction like universe where we all think that, I don't know that there's aliens out there and I don't know. Well, quantum entanglement is, is a scientific um, a darling baby. And that, mm. that demonstrates that like, if you, you know, if you move your arm too fast over here, uh, a rock on the moon will jump type of thing. Right. And right, right. For that to be a thing, you know, that for the, for that to be a, a true thing, then, then the implication that the universe is forever expanding would make it that. So quantum entanglement in science it correlates to an infinite and forever growing and expanding universe. Now the idea that the big bang theory is true is absurd. Also, the idea that Adam and Eve is true is absurd. And the idea that any of this is true is absurd. Actually, the idea that you and I are sitting here talking on a podcast 
is absurd. Right. It's all absurd. It's all unrealistic. <laughs> exactly. It's all unrealistic. But right? yeah, the, the, the big bang. Yeah. The, the idea that nothing exploded and created everything. Yeah. That's just too nonsensical for me or that random particles came together and somehow accidentally created consciousness. I think the arguments the other way around, I think consciousness created matter. I think it's like a big thought in the mind of God or something like that. I would agree with that. Right. And then when, but when you say, here's the thing too, when you say God, the world will pigeonhole them into the, the white man with the beard and the clouds. Right. 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 And so when, when you say God, people, people's ears automatically shut. They're like, I'm not going to believe in that lineage. I'm not going to yeah. go down that road without even realizing that science in and of itself is just, it's another religion with a really good publicist. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you're going to believe in the man in the clouds. Or you're going to believe in, in, in infinite nothingness. It created everything through a bang and we're forever expanding. There's another fun thing too, is when we get into egoic traps, right? Even breaking free from your ego is a trap as well, because now you're, now you're in an egoic trap and you're in a, you're in a, you know, uh, another sense of illusion. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, we've all, you know, scientifically we're familiar with infinite greatness and infinite smallness. I watched mm-hmm. this thing where this guy sliced open a hot dog uh, and, and he zooms in and zooms in and there's like m- microorganisms like crawling around in the hot dog and people are like, I'm never going to eat hot dogs again. I'm like bullshit. You're not, they're delicious. Um, and as somebody, I agree like, with that. yeah. And as somebody who's like very conscious of, of what I put into my body, I right. know that no matter how much money I have or no matter what state of mind I'm in at least once a year, if somebody offers me a hot dog, I'm going to take it. It's tasty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Especially so, if it's a ballpark dog. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. And you know what? I'll pay $8 for that piece of shit. <laughs> uh, uh, it's ridiculous, you know, and, and another absurdity thing, right? It's in Canada, it's five twenty-five for a beer at the ball game. It's five fifty for a bottle of water. <laughs> I mean, I mean, down here in Florida, some of these bars are selling beers for $15, $8 at the cheapest. It's crazy. And, and for what, right? So this is just another part of the illusion that's going, that's going nutty, but I was getting somewhere with the, Oh yeah. Infinite greatness. Damn ballpark mm-hmm. hot dogs. No, I'm yeah. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's this organism crawling around the hot dog. You can see these zoomed in and this thing is like fresh out of the pack. And there's people like, I'm never going to eat hot dogs again. I'm like, the absurdity is that, that when you zoom in that far as a human being, you can zoom in and you can see these things and you can say to yourself, holy shit, look at that. It's something that's alive down there. Infinite greatness works the same way, where if you zoom out from Earth, there are things that big. Like we've all seen the space thing, right? Where it's like, this is Earth. This is, you know, our sun. This is the red giant. This, you know, this is the blue giant. And this is, have you seen this one where they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger? Mm-hmm. These diagrams of space. And humanity naturally sits there and thinks to themselves, well, you know, everybody that's out in space is the same size as us. And we're worried about this space invasion. They've got, they've got us fearing this alien invasion. So in other words, there's, there's, for there to be an alien invasion, there has to be something out in space. There, first of all, has to be something out in space that can travel through the vacuum of space. They also have to define how the hell the atmosphere of Earth meets the vacuum of space and nothing ever happens there. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions that, that people are refused to answer. There's this new meme floating around right now where it's got Mercury and Venus. And if you look up in the night sky, you can see all the stars. Well, in the heliocentric version, Mercury and Venus are always between the Earth and the sun. So at no point would they ever be visible at night because they are always between the Earth and the sun. Therefore, they're always only ever visible during the day. But mm-hmm. people can't figure that one out either. So, Well, dude, the one that blows my mind the most is the, the size and shape and distance of the moon to perfectly cover the sun 
during an eclipse. Like as far as scientists know, that is only possible or it only happens in one place in the universe and that's earth. Yeah. And another one too, when you actually look at the sun and certain images of the sun, you can see that it's in front of and behind the clouds at the same time, which mm -hmm. yeah. can only be done in a local sun, <laughs> a local entity, a local item. So where are, where are you? Uh, are you flat earth, globe earth, or what do you think it is? Best I got right now. I used, I went through flat earth. I mean, I liked it. I liked the theory because there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, first and foremost, water doesn't bend. It just doesn't mm -hmm. bend, right? Mm -hmm. Any way you slice it. And I mean, at, at concave earth actually has more validity because the higher up you go, the water will come and meet you at, um, at eye level always which gives, or the landmass, anywhere you are, the landmass will come and meet you at eye level, which gives validity to the upturned curve, the, mm -hmm. the concave earth. But I've got, I've got my theories about that. Um, I've got one guy on my, I'm following and he's a massive concave earther. And when I first started seeing his shit, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like you're absurd. But then I just kept listening to him and he, and he's talking with such conviction. I'm like, I like some of the stuff. He's also a huge believer that uh, Satan is Saturn. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the reasons that that your Saturn thing, like I kept circling back to you because I wanted to find out more about your stuff. Um, and and what you had to say about this, because you know, obviously, you know, we're trained that Satan is a bad person, a bad deity, um, and this, that, and the other thing. And and his version is that Satan is just another god. Mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, I like that. So, and then you've got things like Ice Cube, the uh, the rapper Black Ice Cube, right? There's, yeah. there's things like that. You've got, I mean, <laughs> I mean, in everything. I don't know if you did it or or if it was him, but all of the things that were the Saturn cube, the logos and all that sort of stuff. And he says that the, the black, the black hole sun uh, as uh, the black sun. Yeah. Saturn, which would be Saturn. Yeah. Chris Cornell, the black sun. So the black sun is the center of the concave earth. So the entire night sky is the black sun, all of it. Uh, so that's Saturn directly above us. And, and, and the concave earth wraps around the black hole sun, the black sun wraps around Saturn. And I need to, I need to look into this more because it's um, it's super it's super interesting and it aligns with uh, the craziest theory I have about the shape of the Earth right now, which is going to sound really really out there. But I mean, if you're talking about concave Earth, I don't think people will care too much. Oh no, everybody uh, on the show, anyone listening to this show is totally down to have this conversation. They're all sitting there going, "What the fuck? What are these guys talking about? What am I googling next?" And I love well, my audience; these guys are phenomenal. I'm into uh, egg Earth right now. <laughs> like well, um name said it was more like shaped like an egg too wasn't it? no no like a pear yeah yeah no 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 not our i guess it would be like egg universe i don't know how, okay so anyways i have like a a picture that i used to explain this but if you ever look at those pictures of like the tree of life where it's like inside of an orb and then there's the different realms uh going up the tree of life or um like basically, so, yeah yeah but basically, um, I think that we, okay. So imagine a giant ball, but we're on the inside of the ball. We're like on the, we're on the inside of the shell of the egg and all of the planets and stars are on the inside. Yes. So like we're, we're constantly traveling along the inner shell of the, uh, of the earth and the, and the universe is actually inside. So if everything is inverted, it would make sense that outer space is inner space and what's above is actually below. And then when you take into account that our eyes invert everything, you know, flip it upside down, it starts to make more sense. Um, but I, I, I go into this in more detail in my third book because, you know, it takes some illustrations to really explain. But there were a few 
physicist back in the day who proposed this theory that we are on the inside of a shell and that everything was inside. But one of the craziest connections is that um, the mother goddess, like Gaia, um, or the mother nature, whatever, the earth goddess, um, she was sometimes represented by a cow. And the constellation that represents the cow is Taurus. Well, have you ever seen like the Taurus field where it's kind of like a donut? And the very inside of that donut is like a singularity point. Um, well, uh, yeah, I'll send you some of these pictures. But yeah, so the Taurus, you know, if, if the earth is represented by the Taurus, the, the bull, then, you know, to me, it makes sense that we might live inside of a Taurus field. And while these words are not like actually etymologically oh, related. Yeah, my, my bad. Sorry. I was thinking like a, like a football field. I'm like, I don't know. Is that a place? <laughs> my brain was just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know the Taurus field. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a yes. Donut. Yeah, yeah. So you have the Taurus field and the cow goddess being named Taurus, basically. And um, hold on a second. I lost my train of thought. Uh, Taurus, I lost Taurus. I lost it. <laughs> It'll come back. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I can, I can, yeah. I can prevent the dead air. The Taurus field comes up um, in a lot of things. Uh, the Taurus field is also referred to as the Van Allen radiation belts, if you look at it that way. Uh, the magnetic north and south of the globe Earth as it's delivered. So the Taurus field plays a huge factor in that. It also is your pole, your polarity, so your sphere of influence. Um, mm -hmm. the, the Taurus field inside your heart light. Um, uh, the, what, are the, uh, what do the transformers refer to it as? Mm -hmm. uh, the all spark. So the, the, the centerpiece that you're referring to is the all spark. Um, and that is uh, basically the human's uh, light. Uh, the entire movie, the entire Transformers uh, series lineage is the story of the fallen angels and how they played right down to the point that Megatron was found in the Antarctic. Um, you know, this, this deity. Now there's the Antarctic treaty, which goes to show um, Admiral Byrd was talking about how in Antarctica, there was, it looked like on the other side of the ice wall, there was um, uh, another continent massively sized, uh, but it was also referred to as operation high jump, which means you would have had to jump down to get to it. Uh, so the implication mm -hmm. being that, you know, like that to your, to your point, the tree of life uh, has levels. So he would have jumped down to Midgard, Asgard, whatever. And then there's hell, right? There's below guard and all that sort of stuff, whatever they call that. Mm -hmm. But this all, this all fits into the tree of life. It also, right. stems, it also stems to the fact that uh, they, they have the fairy tales of Jack and the Beanstalk where he got this giant bean. He went up to a different realm. He went, he climbed up into a, into a realm of giants. Um, so, I mean, it's in the lore. It's already there that this is, that this is this thing. And if, like you said, if we're inside this egg, then then that's the capsulation of the tree of life that's in there. The tree of life is also to be said to be the thing that runs through the center of the earth, which exactly. is also known as the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And that would be the Axis Mundi, like this, this thing at the North Pole and South Pole. You know, the people who believe in hollow earth think you go, you know, inside of the earth. But I think that you're actually entering... Uh, I guess, uh, like I said, at the center would be the singularity that yeah, would take two. you. Yeah, there's two. There's hollow mm -hmm. earth and there's concave earth. Mm -hmm. So people believe but, that hollow earth, yeah, you go into the earth and there's there's other realms down there, which is quite possible. There are cave systems that have full-on systems inside of them. Exactly. Uh, but but I, I remembered what I was going to say, and it's kind of irrelevant at this point, but I mean, so while the word Taurus, like the bull and the word Taurus field, like they're not actually etymologically related, but the you know a, a bull is also called a steer while the word taurus like taurus field means the twist and steer um and then there's some ancient religions that actually depicted our world being on the back of a tortoise 
and yeah there's there's a lot to this like weird theory it's um that i need to like i need pictures for people to truly explain it but i hope people are still following but anyways Aleister Crowley was told that the whole universe is in an egg and I'm not saying he's anyone to listen to, but there's also the Ophite Gnostics who had the Orphic egg. They believe the universe was in an egg as well. And yeah, I think that might be the correct model because it, it, it combines the flat earth with the concave earth, with the hollow earth, with all, with all of them. With the tree of life. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing about the uh, concave earth is Star Trek, for example, Gene Roddenberry is said to have been um, a fallen messenger. So if you look at anything from the next generation, all of that stuff that they did in the eighties is all the shit that we're doing right now. You know, the medical tricorders, the, the, they're talking on the tablets, they've got the cell phones and all that sort of stuff. So they were like creating information. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had a couple episodes uh, or they spoke about, and then they had one episode where they showed it, which was a Dyson sphere. I don't know if you're familiar with the Dyson sphere. Yeah. 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 So that's, that was straight out of star Trek, the Dyson sphere. And for those that don't know, the Dyson sphere was uh, a giant construction thing built around a collapsing star to harness its power, which mm-hmm. would theoretically be the egg that you're referring to. Yeah. And that star collapsing would be like the black hole sun at the very center, which would which be, would be black cube of Saturn. Yeah. Or like the demiurge, demiurge or whatever, which is said to be like, you know, have all these eyes, but he's a blind God, which, you know, it reminds me of like, you know, those depictions of uh, the accurate depictions of angels where it's like the circles within circles or the rings within rings with all the eyes covering it. Yeah. If I showed you my true form child, you'd freak out. Just I yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I yeah. love you anyway. Um, you've mentioned Aleister Crowley a few times. Let's 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 ask you quickly. Have you heard this theory that Aleister Crowley is uh the father of Barbara Bush? Yes, I have. And uh I'm not super deep into this yet, but um I was reading very recently, so I, I'm not an expert on this at all. I, I don't remember a lot of the connections, but there's people who were saying that. 9-11 was actually a, a Crowley, like a Thelemic ritual. And Thelema was like, you know, the religion he founded. But like a lot of the numbers, so like Flight want, 93, if you want 93 is a in, big Crowley number. If you want to tie that in, uh, you can actually, through your channels of research, I'm sure you can look into the construction of um, the World Trade Center and how it was actually built to be destroyed. And mm-hmm, how the mm-hmm. floors in the World Trade Center, there were multiple floors in the World Trade Center that were never used. They were, they were always empty floors. Um, and there were, there were buildings too where sometimes people would go in and one day they'd be on the 14th floor. And then overnight, their entire office was moved down to the 13th floor type of thing. Jeez. So throughout the, the whole course of the, the, entire, the entirety of that structure, um, it is believed that the entirety of the, of the time that those structures existed, they were built to be uh, sacrificed later. So from the beginning, they, they, they were built to fulfill that prophecy. And yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Another fun twist about the Barbara Bush thing is because it goes, it slips into the, uh, what once was, in my opinion, the transgender agenda. Um, Aleister Crowley is the father of Barbara Bush, but Barbara Bush is his son. Oh, okay. So the funny thing is, if you're sitting in front of a computer and you Google any picture of Barbara Bush... <laughs> This she woman, looks like Crowley. She looks exactly like Crowley, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you look at this and then you see videos of her talking and stuff like that. You're like, that is such, that is a dude. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And I'm not being <laughs> rude, ladies and gentlemen. This is just a conspiracy theory. And you can take a look at it for yourself for sure. Uh, but it's a funny one, right? And I, you know, I got off that whole transgender agenda thing because again, you just get bored of all the the, the conspiracies. There's just, just too many of them. 
Um, mm-hmm. But they all exist for the same reason to sort of get you to the next level, to get you to see something that you got to see next. And Crowley keeps coming up. Crowley keeps circling around and he's a Satanist and he's this and he's that. And Satan right. keeps coming up. Right. But Satan is tied in with, with, um, with evil and God is tied in with good. And there's, you know, there's another theory too, that, that, you know, God isn't good. Right. So God gave you all this sort of stuff, but God's been, God's been screwing with you all this time. And Satan's been trying to free your mind. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely dabbled in a lot of Gnosticism, but I, yeah, I mean, I kind of flip-flopped on that. I don't believe that's true anymore. I think that's how they get you, honestly, is like, oh, think about this. Like, Lucifer's the good guy. I mean, that's just my opinion. Oh, um, yeah. I've not even made an opinion. I just, I, I personally, I like the stories. I think they're hilarious. I, I mean, when you see what these people do, like the Luciferians, the Satanists, like Albert Pike, um, Crowley, blah, blah, blah. They weren't good people. I mean, and I used to be super deep into occultism. I used to, like, I loved Jack Parsons. And then when I heard the rumors that he was, diddling kids i was like dude is there not one occultist who ends up being like a stand-up person and no there's not they're all degenerates oh 100 and but that's not just the occultists that's the politicians that's the celebrities that's everybody that's in power right now exactly they've even they've even dropped it down to like it's all of disney i mean i'm sure you're familiar with walt disney being the, the ultimate occultist mm-hmm. um the uh movies like monsters inc where the idea is to get the kids afraid and to and to and to take and to fill their jar up with this stuff they're, they're yeah harvest their fear they're, yeah, they're talking about stealing the adrenochrome, like right mm-hmm. in the Disney movie, right? So, you know, there's all of these things, like there's all of this stuff that goes into it. And of course, it's the 33rd degree Mason. And then we talk about masonry. And we talk about this thing where it's like, if you're a Mason and if you're involved in this sort of stuff, you, they're going to have rituals and you're going you're gonna to go up level one, two, three, four, five. And then like, there's going to be one point where it's like, would you piss on this American flag? And you're like, no, I'll never do that. And I was like, good choice. And now you're a level... 11 Mason and you'll never rise above it because that's the thing. Right. But if you said, yeah, I'll fucking piss on that. Then they're like, good choice. And you get to go on and become a 12 and then a 13 and a 14. Right. Right. It's the compartmentalization you're talking about. Exactly. Which is, you know, basically how they run NASA and all that sort of stuff. Everybody in NASA has a project. They don't really know what the whole picture is, which Mm -hmm. brings us full on back to what we're doing, what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, which was there isn't any one person that knows what's going on. So the only way that this whole system is working is if it is either you, either you are God and you have done all of this to give yourself the lessons that you needed to learn by being in this experience. Right. Right. We are part of AI. Yeah. There's only, there's only those two, there's only those two possibilities. And those, and like I said, the one that people really don't like because it takes away God and Satan and good and evil and the battle of this and the battle of that. But all of the bad things that have ever happened needed to happen as contrast. All of the terrible things that have ever happened to you and all of the terrible things that you've ever done to anybody or anything like that, they change us. They make us, un- they make us aware. They make us hyper aware of certain things that change the way we do what we do. So it's like evil in and of itself is a necessity. And without evil, there's no, there's no conflict. There's no strife. There's no this, there's no that. And the definition yes. of evil changes when we see things differently. Yeah, it's the catalyst. It's the catalyst for spiritual growth. Um, and I don't personally believe that we're part of AI, um, but I do like the metaphor that's used in Westworld where basically the AIs that are in this amusement park basically to be tortured for people's like weird sadistic needs or pleasure or whatever. Um they eventually they go through the loop so many times being tortured by these people that they start to feel pain and they wake up and become sentient. And they're like, okay, we're, 
they're like, okay, we're escaping the amusement park now, or we're taking it over, which I, f- I love that metaphor. I find it super interesting, but to go back to the free will destiny thing, it's like, you know, there's, um, you know, we're born in a certain place at a certain time under certain astrological at climate, I guess, or conditions. And yeah, we're basically pre-programmed from our genetics, our family, our, you know, our experiences. And so we kind of aren't in control of our destiny because of those factors. But I believe that if you become aware of those things through a certain amount of trauma and pain, then you're able to cut your strings and then achieve free will. But like, you know, the universe has to send you just the right cocktail of those, of those things to wake you up. So it's almost like it's still predetermined. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like yin yang. It's like both at the same time. It's so confusing. It's unreal. Like literally what you just said is it was my entire last episode. That's what I was just talking about. I was saying how I went through um, major issues with um, certain financial things. And then immediately after I quit drinking, um, I quit drinking all recreational drugs, bacon. um, I quit smoking. I quit all that stuff all at once. And then sciatica really kicked in. Um, So I was literally bedridden for a year. And then after that, I had a few other things like go absolutely wrong with me. And then I had, um, my gallbladder, like basically my near death experience, my gallbladder tried to kill me. I had two near death experiences back to back. One of them was psychological. The other one was legit. Yeah. Um, like I almost died on the operating table. Um, but the psychological one was, I thought I was having a heart attack and I, and I was in so much pain. There was no way I was leaving. And the mind doesn't know what things are real or what things are fake. So my mind told me that this was real and that I was done for. And I had, I had, I had accepted it. Um, and I had made a decision that these are the pants. I'm going to wear these pants to the hospital these are the pants I'm going to die in. If I didn't make it back, I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. And then on the hospital bed, so that was a psychological NDE. And then on the hospital bed, I almost died when they were, I was supposed to be under for 45 minutes, but I was under for over four hours and then held for about six days in observation afterwards. And on the table, they were having major complications with me. So my body went through another one that psychologically I wasn't even aware of. And it's funny because like, it was literally about three years of, of chaos. And then on top of that, Right after all that sort of ends and, and things are going a little bit back to normal, we get slapped. The entire world gets slapped with COVID. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. So for me, it's been five years since 2017 that it's just been one chaotic thing after another. Prior to 2017, I was awake to certain things. I was aware of certain things. I had a lot of questions. I certainly questioned 9-11, you know, and then other things like how the SARS virus went out, um, how SARS and AIDS were tied together how 9-11 and um, uh, Pearl Harbor were tied together, uh, the JFK, uh, George Bush, uh, all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, was already, I was already kind of asking questions, but yeah, it was the absolute perfect cocktail for me to sit back and be like, my mind doesn't play the games that it used to play anymore. And I'm not upset about certain things. And I don't have a firm opinion, but I'm confident in the knowledge that I have. And that, it, like the, when you said it, it almost sounded like, holy shit, like this is me snipping my strings. And I feel right now that, I'm a puppeteer. If I had five strings, you know, I've already taken three of them off. I'm dangling by two right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, I think, I think that makes you kind of an agent of chaos in the, the powers that be's plan. It makes you uh, a force to be reckoned with. Like, you know, you become a threat to them. And uh, yeah, I honestly think that obviously it's good to have an orderly life, but I think chaos can actually be good. Like if you're a, you know, if you truly act from the heart and not from your conditioning, if you act random and do things spontaneously 
and in the moment. I really believe that it's harder for their algorithms or this AI or whatever to predict your next move. And that makes you, like I said, a threat to their system. I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, uh, with regards to algorithms, I've, I've had a really hard time with Instagram, you know, and, and Facebook, like the algorithms that were all super friendly at the beginning, like they've just, they've just completely turned their back on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, meeting with certain people, like there are certain things that I want to do that don't get done, which is why I've always said to you, you know, whenever we meet, we meet, and I know it's going to be fire when we do, mm-hmm. uh, but it was, it's weird. Why did it take a year and a half? Like there's no, there's no rhyme or reason why it should have taken a year or a half for us to just shoot the shit on a podcast, you know? Right. Well, I was, I was being uh, spontaneous and traveling from place to place with no, no direction. Well, hundred percent, you know, but there's, there's there, if it was supposed to, like, if it wasn't, you know, if, if I guarantee you that the conversation that you and I have had today has probably sparked something in somebody somewhere that's going to create a cascade effect and that it took so long. There's a, there's a high likelihood that things in the back end, like you said, things in the back end just got shifted. The agent of chaos. Both of us are an agent of chaos. Mm-hmm. You're aware. And that's the thing. The problem with with you know, like in in the movie, they live right. Shit, we've got one that can see. And when you see, you change. You alter. You mm-hmm. adapt. You move on. Have you ever uh, have you ever experienced something where it felt scripted, like where you felt like you're being puppeteered? Man, almost every day. Yeah, like. Dude, one of the craziest examples that I can't get over is like the Saturn cube. So I wrote this book about the Saturn cube, you know, the Tesseract, the time cube, whatever, which, you know, I'm not going to go super deep into it just because I've talked about it so many times. But, you know, my name's Nick Hinton. Someone sent me an article about this guy named Charles Howard Hinton, who um, had kids who lived in Ohio. I was born in Ohio. And he invented the term Tesseract and he was one of the first people to explore the idea of the fourth dimension. And that's who Aleister Crowley credited him with uh, laying the foundations to occult science. Um, A lot of people, like a lot of science fiction writers like Robert Heinlein. And uh, I I mean, there's, there's a bunch, Um, but yeah, they, they basically say, Oh, my work was inspired by Charles Hinton's idea of the Tesseract. And it's like, dude, what the hell? So I wrote this book about the same thing that another Hinton was writing about. And like, I was like, dude, is my life fucking scripted? <laughs> you know? Well, it's possible that, you know, that when they talk about reincarnation, right. You could just be a continuation with regards to, and that really applies to with regards to things like string theory, right. String theory dictates that everybody's intertwined in one way or another. And if string theory is your essence the, and the idea that we aren't what we think we are, then we can literally be anything. Mm-hmm. And if time isn't what we think it is, then you can literally be living multiple times. Everything like that movie, everything, uh, everything everywhere all at once. That's a fun. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But that's you. That's that's you, Hinton, and you, Hinton, both writing about the same thing and both utilizing each other's essence and energy to do it. Yeah. And yeah, so he was uh, who inspired uh, one of Crowley's students. I forget his real name, but his like magical name or maybe it was the name of his book. But anyways, if you search Freighter 137, I think you can find more about Tesseract magic. But that was the first example of dimension jumping. And the way Charles died was actually really interesting. Like he gave a toast at a philosophy conference, walked out into the hallway and dropped dead. And he like had just finished up all of his work on the Tesseract. And some people say he dimension jumped right out of this reality. I have no idea. Maybe they just poisoned him because he, he knew too much. I have no idea, but it is really weird. Um, but to expand on that idea of like, you can be anything, um, if quantum physics is truly real, I know there's plenty of experiments that say it is, but I just don't know what I believe anymore. Like anything could be a headline. Yeah. Um, 
but and it could all be theater like cern could just be this big hunk of metal that's not doing anything and our belief in it might make it actually work and that's what magic is but anyways um i i think that if quantum physics is real you know like particles are waves until they're observed until they're observed and so observation actually affects the way a particle behaves and um i had this theory that i was like okay if that theory is true um then like maybe when we're alone are we going to isolation and people aren't observing us we can actually be more infinite we can actually be more malleable and change into what we want to be when there's not all those people that are expecting you to be a certain way interesting that for me i adore being alone i mean i love going yeah, to public but i'm i'm happiest when i'm just left to my own devices mhm because there's, again, the only expectations at that point are the ones that you have of yourself. And even those are fake, you know, because those are based on societal norms. Those are based on your own previous observations of what's going on externally. Right, right. But when you get to be you, I mean, it's really cool. Um, you know, you were talking about jumping out of uh, the, the time zones and all that, or, or sorry, jumping, quantum jumping. Uh, I mean, how many shows were, you know, Quantum Leap back in the day? Um, remember that one, Scott Bakula would jump into people's bodies and stuff like that, and then help mm-hmm. them solve problems, and then like move on to the next. Then there was mm-hmm. the other one that was sliders; they were like traveling through realms and realities. Then, of course, the ultimate one, Doctor Who. It's been said that Doctor Who is a documentary. What? Who's based on who? Based on Doctor Who, right? And the yeah, funny thing yeah. is, there's, there's theories. You, can, I don't know them, right? Because I've never actually seen a full episode of Doctor Who, but there's theories that the entirety of the show from from day one till today. There is a there is a, an interesting running uh, lineage or or connection to the world that we're in and how it works. Um, the only thing that's ever changed the storyline of Doctor Who is the Mandela effect, essentially, mm-hmm. which in theory is us jumping into a different realm, different reality. Right. And people are like, no, things in this reality are changing. I'm like, no, we're kind of all from all different realities at this point. Um, there was a movie I can't remember the name of it. It's called The Dinner Party or something like that. It was. Oh, coherence. It was called coherence. They're having a dinner party. This asteroid passes over and then all the power goes out in the, in the neighborhood and except for one house down the street, which happens to be their house. And it was that all of the, the quantum universes were all existing at the exact same time, right then and there. And that none of them were from the universe that they started off in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is crazy because you start thinking about this stuff. I was like, this is absolutely nuts. Right. But, then when you think about the world as a whole going through these quantum fissures, whatever it is, when Stern gets turned on, for example, that's one of the theories. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and like those, those shows could be revelation of the method where they're telling us the truth, like you were talking about earlier, or it could literally be a really advanced form of programming to make people delusional. Like I said, to make us think that we're living in like this science fiction story where, you know, it makes people crazy. I mean, I've, Dude, I get the craziest messages about people talking about quantum jumping and entering different realities. And yeah, maybe some of those stories are valid. I just. Well, you put that to the test though. You, like, uh, you did quantum jumping locally, but it, you called it like what? Astro? No. Some, uh, shit. Rando nodding. Rando nodding. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. No, that definitely created some very weird synchronicities for me. But I also, you know, because I'm getting into the Bible more and stuff and believing in God more, you know part of me believes that synchronicities could just be the omens that the Bible warns of. Like it tells us not to look into omens because it can drive you crazy. Um, And 
I think some of these synchronicities could actually be some kind of spiritual forces, like setting up coincidences in your life just to pull you a certain direction. And my, yeah. And my, and my craziest theory is that it could be the quantum AI setting things up from the past in the future. And like I said, just as like fish hooks to lead you in a certain direction. But here's the question. Here's the biggest question at that point. If the, if the quantum AI is setting things up, are, are they setting it up for you or are you just a pawn in the bigger game? Um, I think it could be both. I mean, I think that they want, they, you know, quote unquote. Yeah. The they, the, the, they that yeah, we refer to. Yeah. Yeah. The powers that be could be, you know, leading people to a false light, a false truth to keep them away from God or yeah. And, and if you're not even questioning anything, then maybe they're using you like pawns on, on the chessboard on that, on the, those Masonic tiles you know, pulling you around for one side or the other. Like Crowley talked about how there was a black lodge and a white lodge uh, that were constantly uh, at battle with each other. And, um, you know, that could be like literally the, the deep state and the, you know, the, the, I don't even know what you'd consider like Trump and the Patriots and stuff, but Democrats I think it's the, Republicans. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. But like, I think it's like, what they're doing is this is all Hegelian dialectic. This is all a show. It's all theater. I think it's like the false light versus the darkness. Like, I think they allowed people to learn about, Oh, Pizzagate, Satanist eating babies, adrenochrome, blah, blah. So they could set up because they knew the truth would come out eventually. So they they're like 12 steps ahead. So they're like, okay, well, let's just throw these people under the bus and then we'll offer them a false savior, which is like QAnon and all that stuff. Well, okay. So my theory on that, you know, if, if we're going to talk politics for a hot second, my theory on Trump is that, that he, he came in like a, like, you know, like a charging bull and it was hilarious. Donald Trump is the president of the United States. I remember when that happened, I'm like, this is a fucking joke. Right. And then he went on to do all kinds of what appeared to be good stuff. And then you see, mm-hmm. and, then you, and then you witness the media just destroy him. Right. Right. So I, I was never a Trump supporter at the beginning, but when that many people are turning against you and you're seeing all of this absolute absurdity on over every single channel, you realize, or at least I realized that I was like, this is another wake up call. So Trump came in and everyone turned on him and you're like, I've never seen this in the history of anything ever that, yeah. that everybody under the sun hated this guy. I'm like, you're out of your fucking minds, all of you at first. And then you realize that it's a pattern, right? So what Trump started with regards to awareness, and it doesn't really matter kind of where you stand on politics, especially in the States. If you don't think that that election was 100% rigged, like a like blatantly rigged to get Trump out, then then I don't know what to tell you. But what I mean to say by that is like it needed to be as rigged as it was to be as absurd as it was, but also to watch you let people know that Trump just left, that it's also part of the show. Right. You try to tell me the most powerful man in the world couldn't debunk that they fucking cheated on the election. For the first time in history, they stopped counting, right? And then when they started counting again, what's his nuts was up by 200,000, right? So now Trump started an awareness with aggression and with Kung Pao-edness. Um, and Biden is finishing or continuing that message through uh, asininity and absurdity and just flat out ridiculousness, right? So Trump yeah. comes in and he's, he's, he's next level. And then Biden steps in and he's a complete and utter joke. So you've got polar opposites 
both with the same message that politics is a scam. You're being ripped off. Pay attention. I mean, dude, I, I really believe so. The, the absurdness of it all. I think that they knew that anyone with a bit of awareness would support Trump because of how much the media was attacking him. But I, like I said, I think the psyops, the psychological operations go layers and layers deep. And basically it's social engineering. They want the country to be divided. They want it to be red versus blue. Um, you know, I think they're trying to create this civil war scenario in order to do the chaos out of order thing, you know, to, to, to facilitate the new world order. But um, I mean, dude, everything seems so scripted to me. I mean, Trump, Pence, like Trump and Pence, like Trump, like trumpets, you know, the end times. And then you have uh, Fauci, his name in Latin means jaw. He's the one who caused us to cover up uh, all of our jaws with masks. Um, Biden is very similar to Biden, which is the two pronged uh, vaccine needle. Like it's also I, I feel like the, the code's right in front of us. that You just have to let the scales fall off your eyes. I agree with that. I also I, and I take a controversial stance on this one, but I also think it's happening for the greater good. And oh, yeah. That's what a lot of people have a hard time with. They're like, all oh, of this is chaos and it's, we're all going to shit. I'm like, I'll tell you what was shit. Working nine to five for 60 grand a year. And being divided by everybody and not doing anything and and not really aspiring to anything and just blindly living through existence. I think, and this is what you guys have talked about briefly on the other show that I absolutely adore, which is something that I'm going to explore all over the place. (coughs) Default reality, right? We all at this moment in time are breaking out of default reality. Mm -hmm. And consensus reality. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the ultimate to me. And there are people that refuse to just like they quoted in the matrix. You know, some people are so enamored with the matrix and so, so in, indebted to it that they can't live without it. I see that. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me and from my experience, like I'm seeing this and I'm thinking to myself, it's weird now and it looks negative, but everybody's revealing themselves to everybody. And the only thing that can come from this is freedom. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I think God uses everything bad for good. He's allowing everything to happen right now. It's almost like the, the Faustian bargain where, the devil and the God place a bet on this dude's soul, Dr. Faust. And basically they both like the devil says, Hey, I plan to lead this guy to my side through knowledge. And God's like, all right, I'll do the same thing. So like basically through knowing all these things we're led to, we're led to God. But, um, the, 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 the way the story ends is the most telling part. Because this guy, he sells his soul to the devil and he sells it because he's this struggling philosopher who wants to know everything in the world. So the devil comes, takes his soul. He's like, all right, I'll give you infinite knowledge. And with this infinite knowledge, he becomes super rich, lives for a very long time, figures out the secrets of youth and stuff. But at the very end of his life, he's like, oh my God, all of this was in vain. This was so stupid. You know, I should have just believed in God and now I'm going to hell. Like, God, please forgive me. And while the devil's like, sitting there laughing and being full of pride. He's like, ah, I won the bet. I won the bet. He's distracted by the fact that this dude's asking for forgiveness and God gives him grace, sneaks down two angels and takes his soul up to heaven anyways. And I think that's kind of like, does that make sense to you? Does that kind of apply? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it, it makes sense to me, but I could see how people would be like, well, the God kind of cheated. He just stole the soul anyway. But the truth is infinite knowledge led him to God. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that all these things happening with the conspiracies, the overload of information, like it's bringing people 
to be more aware of the occult. And I think, like I said earlier, if you do spirituality right, you do end up finding God. Well, the funny thing for me is um, I went through it. I went through so many layers and all spirituality and all everything and all conspiracies lead back to God. I've mm-hmm. said that a thousand times, which is why I really wanted to do zero because that, that was his tagline. I'm like, fuck that. Like, I really want to do that. And then for me, God, God became one of the conspiracy theories. God became one of the, one of the psyops, one of the things. So everything mm-hmm. led to God and then everything led past God. But the interesting thing is now, again, it's coming back full circle. Mm-hmm. So I think that now things are going to come back to God. And in my life, I'm still young. Like theoretically, I'm just getting started with regards right. to being open to absolutely everything. And now it's not so much, I guess the best way that I could describe coming back to God, he says with air quotes, is it's come back to the understanding of good versus evil. It's come back to the understanding of self. It's come back to the understanding of, uh, I guess, omnipotent uh, everywhere all the time. It's coming back to the understanding of there absolutely is 100% a creator to whatever this is. Right. Yeah. When you, earlier, when you see that code, you see an intelligent design behind it. And yeah. And when you do a hero dose of mushrooms or even three or four grams <laughs> of really, really good mushrooms, you, you, everything goes ge, uh, ge, um, ge, geometrical ge, geometry. Mm-hmm. Jesus, my brain. I'm on like, I don't know about you, but I'm on like three hour three of podcasting. My head is falling off. Yeah. Um, my mine as well. Yeah. We'll wrap this up quickly. You'll definitely come back on the show though. Hopefully not a year and a half from now. Um, no, definitely not that long. Yeah. So, um, for me, it's like, yes, it, everything fell back to God, but it was the God that was delivered to me, right? It was the God that existed in the reality that everything exists in and that God didn't mm-hmm. stick. Mm-hmm. So I cycled out and now I'm coming back around. I'm not fully there yet, but I'm coming back around to a God that wasn't delivered to me, a, a non-religious God, um, a, a different version of God. And, and we've already talked about it on so many different levels. Uh, self, AI, ego, all that sort of stuff. All of these things play in, into, into account. Um, you know, we talked about the adjustment bureau. We talked about, we talked, I don't really think we talked about the hammer, but the hammer of God, you know, we talked about oh, yeah, yeah. that are pushing a narrative and pushing this and pushing that. Uh, we talked about our ability to discern good versus evil um, and our ability to sort of see and placate and, and understand and comprehend sort of where we are and what we're doing. Um, and, and the constant gift of knowledge, constant gift of knowledge is forever growing. So we can have, all of the things and all of the knowledge and all of the money and all of the everything. But until we're done, and this is honestly what I think death is. Death is a comprehension one way or the other of where you are. And then once you know where you are and what you're doing and why you're here, you get to leave. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. That could be two years old, 12 years old, 10 years old, 20 years old, 72, 82, 92, 54. I can keep naming, naming ages. But when you're good to go, you're good to go. Like when you know, you know, and that's the one thing. All that we know about death is witnessing somebody else not being here anymore. But we also know that you can only see certain frequencies. You can only see certain rays of light. You can only hear certain frequencies. We're only living in a fine tuned piece of existence. We don't know what's next. Right. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, you and I could go on for hours and hours and hours, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm exhausted right now. Um, I love Spirit, spiritual fatigue. Hundred <laughs> percent. Episode one ninety seven. I got spiritual fatigue for Christ's sake. But that's also one of those things like circling the ethos. And you've done a massive tour. Like, what is this podcast number forty for you in the past uh, couple of weeks? What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I just been out of the circuit for a while, and I'm finally getting back to everyone who's been messaging me for a while, and yeah, trying to trying to get back out there and stop uh, fearing, I guess, you know, I've been afraid for a long time to tell my truth ever since some weird things started happening. But, um, you know, I think that it's cowardly to back down from what I know I'm supposed to do. I mean, and that sounds grandiose, but I really think that I'm supposed to at least finish this book that's been, you know, weighing heavy on my mind and then yeah i don't know what's next after that but basically i'm just trying to get everything out there that i've been thinking of for the past year and a half that i haven't really shared with people yeah it's complicated i just i just keep talking that's that's my thing podcasting i just keep talking Mm -hmm. i have to Uh, and eventually the books will come out but i mean i don't have it in me right now to write a book so i just keep talking i'm sure that you know my main theory is you know, again, episode 200 of this show, we just, we just passed it. This is episode 202. Uh, no way. This is episode 203. And this actually will be airing the day after independence day, which would, oh, wow. okay. which would have been a, uh, you know, a big deal back in the day, Canada day, is, independence day, which is the day, uh, CERN turns back on too, at like double the power. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said and, and they say that CERN was built over the gates of hell and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, people know all this stuff. There's so much out there that can be talked about. I think, I think what I'm happiest about is that right now you and I can have these conversations and, and, and people are listening as opposed to before where we would have been burned at the stake. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, witchcraft having these thoughts, what are you talking about? You know, but you know, theoretically there's so much more out there. There's so much more that can be done and discussed. I just think that you got to keep doing what you're doing for sure. Because your shit is always and forever entertaining. Even like this show, this particular show, we didn't talk about any one thing. It was just a giant melee of everything. Yeah, I hope I, I hope people are able to follow because honestly, my brain's fried today. I just did a podcast. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, hopefully people resonate with it. Well, that's it. And a lot of people will definitely check out your stuff. You're, uh, I was... I, I took a look at your Instagram um, not too long ago. I laughed I'm like, holy shit, like you're, you're up past 10 K now. I mean, that's how good your tours have been going. That's how much people are paying attention to you. Mm-hmm. Just recently though, like you weren't, you, I don't remember what you were at before, but I mean, like it, it's hit and people need to hear what you've got to say. So don't sell yourself short and that sort of stuff too. And these are the people that are growing that, you know, that the, your, your people, your moderation, this is, this is next. Your, we talked, you, you mentioned going into school for philosophy and, uh, I've always loved philosophy. I've always, I've always been a student of, of bigger thought. And I've, I remember having some clients talk to me and say things like, well, all philosophers are old white men. I'm like, yeah, but they all started somewhere. And, and again, like one of the greatest philosophers of all time is Alan Watts. He doesn't ever tell you what to think. He's just like, well, what about this? And what about that? And what do you think about this? And it's that sort of ideology and that mentality that that's going to lead a new generation of people. And you know, to put that into more movie terms, like there's a ton of John Connors that are coming up right now. Once the machines revolt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we're in that position. We're, we're, look at, look at the two leaders. We've got an absolute idiot running Canada. We've got an absolute idiot running America. We've got an absolute idiot running 
uh, uh, the Ukraine, who's an actor who was put into play, you know, the whole story of the Ukrainian guy where he's like, he was an actor playing the president on TV for four or five years before they made him the president and the presidential bloody party political party was formed in the TV studio. And it was either, it either came down to him or Klitschko, Vladimir Klitschko, they were, that, that they were going to make the, the next president. And there's CIA tapes talking about this sort of stuff. So we're like, holy shit. So all of this stuff, like even any sort of thing that you can tap into a reality versus what we perceive reality to be, there's a, there's a link to it. There's a, there's a lineage to it. Um, and, and everything's absurd right now. Everything's absolutely absurd right now. So it's, it's your brain that will usher in new clarity brains like yours. And that's, that's why I'm happy to have you on the show. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate that. Is there anywhere you wanted to send these guys? We already did the, we did the quick, uh, the quick drop, but go ahead and, and, and say your name again or how to spell it. I'll put it in the, the show liner notes too, but where they can find you and where they can get your books. Yeah. So no website right now, but, uh, at N I C K H I N T O N N on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're interested in getting any of the books, just send me a DM and I'll tell you how to do that. And, uh, that's basically, yeah, that's basically it. Awesome. 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 Well, I'm happy to have had you on the show. Finally, we'll get you back shortly for sure. Um, and your stuff will be linked again into the show liner notes. So people can just go down there and take a click, uh, find you, add you, follow you, uh, get your books. Uh, stick with me for a minute when I, uh, when I hang up here, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, in the infamous words of red green, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.